Welcome to Life Chats with Friends, discussions with people that are of service to others, sharing insights to help you show up as your best. Brought to you by Antonio Stevens and Twani Fitness. Jess, Shandra Shaken, welcome to Life Chats with Friends. I am super, super excited to have you here today. This conversation that we have planned around finding your light after traumatic or life-altering experiences, um, in particular diving into abuse, has been in the works for several weeks now. And we share a similar story, connection in and around this. It's actually how we met, and we'll get into that that a little bit later, but um, super grateful to have you here today. Grateful for this space, grateful for this moment and opportunity and you sharing your story and liberation um, through your experience. Uh, for everyone that took the time to tune in, thank you so much for joining us. It's been a while. Um, just know that I see all of you uh, that are tuning in, that are checking in, that um, are listening uh, to the content that we're putting out. Very, very grateful for all of you for the support. A little bit about Jess. So Jess is a solo mom of two. She has spent the last five years redefining her life, finding passion and purpose after leaving an abusive marriage. Through years of deep inner work, self-discovery, exploration, and adventure, she has built a life full of joy and authenticity. When she's not momming, she's enjoying traveling, music festivals, being in nature, reading, and art. Welcome to the show, Jess. Thank you. I'm excited to be here. And actually, for everyone listening, I recently just referenced um, how we met. <laughs> I'm happy to, to tackle the story, or, or if you want to do it. I would love to hear it from your perspective. Okay, so <laughs> Jess and I were at... Um, a mutual friends house party house get together was a unique experience um, for a house party kind of bringing people into a space where it was just so well thought out so articulate in the most artistic way kind of immersing us into his mind into how he thinks, <laughs> how he expresses, how he sees the world. And it was the coolest thing ever. And um, I was there for a little over an hour and I was getting ready to leave. And he was like, no, 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 there's someone here that you need to meet. And I was like, uh, okay. And he's <laughs> like, give me 10 minutes. There's someone that you need to meet. And he brought Jess and he was like, Jess, Antonio, Antonio, Jess. And I was like, <laughs> we're kind of standing there like okay and kind of like well what do you do he says that we need to meet and we start talking we start getting warm and then within the span of like five minutes it was like we're kind of having mirrored experiences on different opposite ends of the spectrum with similar feelings in our backgrounds that have shaped who we are and now being on this path journey up the mountain to self-discovery and liberation and it was I still remember the moment today kind of laughing 
partially because it was like, okay, everything that led up to this moment, it was like, oh, <laughs> here we are. Uh-huh. Just that, exactly that, like a here we are moment. Yep. And I remember even stopping and it's like, oh, well, what are you reading? Like, what what have you <laughs> been through? Like, like, just kind of going down the list and it was like, well, we're kind of reading the same things. Like, uh-huh. just so, it was just, there was this yearning for like, what do you know? Where are you? Yep. What do you know? And so um, that was kind of the the birth and inspiration of this conversation and and the connection. Yeah. That is exactly how I recall it. It was like an immediate soul connection. Um, so many similarities, just crazy, crazy similarities. And I think we both believe in divine intervention and we were meant to meet at that moment. It was really incredible. Yes. And it's, I've had a few moments like that now and I'm like, every time they happen, it it kind of (laughs) feels like, okay, checkpoint. And then Mm -hmm. something is you're, we're meant to either pause or learn something from each other. It's like, okay, what, what is it that you're meant to create or do together, manifest together? recognizing that the forces joining are stronger than kind of being separate and and on our own paths. And so with that, with that, Jess, I would love, um, yeah, if you can kind of tell us a little bit more um, about your backstory. Yeah. Um, So taking it back many years, um, when I was 20, I entered a relationship with um, my now ex-husband. he so we met through mutual friends um immediate connection uh it was again like looking at a mirror um so many of my interests were his interests so many of my beliefs were his beliefs um it was like we were the same person so very quickly you know went into a relationship and um moved in together very fast we got pregnant very fast um everything happened within the span of like six months. And it was, um, it, it felt at the time, uh, very meant to be, um, you know, because we were like the same person. Um, but then about six months after that's when things started to change a little bit. Um, so he, he would start, um, just like nitpicking me or, um, you know, saying things about me that um, didn't feel great, uh, but stayed in it, um, had our baby. Uh, sorry, there's a lot. No, um, no, I'm, I'm here, I'm intent <laughs> listening. So at the time, um, I, I was very young. I was 21 when I had my daughter. He was 32 red flag that I ignored. (laughs) Um, but because I was so young, I, I didn't make a lot of money. I was just starting my life where he was a little bit further along. So that was a huge source of contention in our relationship. Um, that was kind of where a lot of the problems started was, um, just the, the difference in our income, um, difference in our job. So that really pushed me to better myself. So I was, I was going to school, I was raising a baby, I was working full time, um, taking care of the house and 
started noticing problems in our relationship, just an inequality in um, the division of labor, um, the parenting, all of that. And um, it was always explained away that, you know, he earns more money than I do. So then that, you know, I should, I should be picking up all of these extra things. So that continued for years. Um, it was a very transactional relationship. It felt like um, a lot, a lot of um, just letting go of responsibilities, putting it on me. And so in the background, I'm, I'm working up my career and taking care of my kids. We ended up having another baby. Um, so then six years down the road, um, we're a little bit more equal in the economic sense. And then he, I'm like, okay, so we're here now. Um, are you going to take on some more of the responsibilities? And then it was a moving target. It was, well, I've been, I've been doing this for however many years. So now you just have some catching up to do. And I'm just like, oh my gosh, you know, like, are my expectations ridiculous? Like what is going on? So, um, I actually went to an online forum and asked a bunch of women, like, is this normal? I, you know, I, I'm married, I'm working full time, I'm taking care of the kids and doing all the housework. Is it normal to, um, you know, expect your partner to take on more responsibility? Or is he, are his expectations okay, because he earned more money? And through just questioning me um, and getting kind of the full story, they were like, you're in an abusive relationship. Mm. And I didn't believe it at first because to me, abuse was physical, you know, mm -hmm. like you don't, it, it just, it didn't even cross my mind that that could be possible. Um, so it was a very humbling experience. I ended up calling um, the abuse hotline and talking through what my experiences were, um, some of the things that he would do and say, and it was like reading a textbook, all of these mm -hmm. things that, um, they pointed out it, he was doing. And I, it, it was a very, very humbling at the time, shameful experience. Um, I think I, at the time I felt like I was an intelligent woman, independent, you know, I was taking care of all these things. Like I would never tolerate an abusive relationship. Mm -hmm. And so realizing that I was in one, um, it, it, one kicked me into gear. Um, I mm. filed for divorce a week later after confirming it because I knew that I didn't want my kids to grow up in that environment. Mm -hmm. Um, but it was also so lonely. Um, I, I didn't know anybody else that was going through something similar. And because of the abuse, I didn't have a lot of close friends, um, because, you know, he didn't want people to get close to examine our situation. Mm -hmm. So, um, it was just, it was a scary time, um, humbling time, but, uh, I came out of it so much stronger through just a ton of work. Um, but yeah, that, that experience is what changed my life, um, for the better. I think that all of these negative experiences that we go through have a lesson in them. 
Mm -hmm. um, but it propelled me onto a path of authenticity and and joy. Mm. I well, first, <clears throat> thank you so much for a your vulnerability and courage in getting to a place where you can articulate your story without vengeance or without fear of like any repercussions or anything in and around that nature kind of understanding what the power of courage is in mm -hmm. change and transformation and kind of a continuation um to and on your story in what many women experience in and around this topic um, that we're discussing. I haven't shared a similar story from a different point of view and seeing that other side of abuse where seeing and experiencing that other side of abuse where it was physical, it was mm -hmm. emotional, it was mental and all wrapped in this crazy, at times, life-threatening experience mm -hmm. that felt so crippling <laughs> to kind of watch and to just feel so powerless and to just feel like you can't, there's nothing you can do. And right. everyone feels implicit in what's happening and there's fear and speaking up because of what will happen if if you right. speak up and speak out and the abuser recognizes that and mm -hmm. they take advantage of that and to get a bit more in detail so um my mom my little bit more about my back story so my mom left my brother and i in uh jamaica at a very young age we moved to america at the age of nine um i was nine he was uh six that was our first time meeting my mom and within the matter of like a week i remember the first fight it was like we're sitting in the living room and i see a candle coming down from gosh like the side view like broken glass and she's crying they're screaming and i was like whoa and <laughs> Basically, yeah, from the age of nine until very recently in my late 20s when he got sick and a stroke brought him down. Okay. That was, yeah, the extent and experience of the abuse. Um, and watching my mom go through that, watching my siblings go through that, my family go through that. And watching them all come back to that side of again love and joy mm -hmm. has been a very powerful and transformative um experience for me being in it and then myself coming out on the other side and then also watching the journey of my watching my family embark on that um journey as well yeah that's a lot um, how is your mom doing now? She 
is finding herself. I feel like she is still that 18 year old girl mm-hmm. that she was when she met him. And yeah, she's finally looked up and it's like, where am I? And mm-hmm. they've since divorced. And I could see she's working on establishing or like understanding what does it mean to be the leading caregiver in her household? What does it mean to be like a standalone, strong, independent mother that has children now depending on you, that has elderly parents Mm -hmm. now depending on you? Like, and also yourself is yearning and crying out, like, let's, Mm -hmm. we need to figure this out. Um, So she's very much on that journey. I'm seeing smiles. Um, There's conversations. She's opening up about like what some of those tough moments were. And I recently shared this um, with some close friends, but like I've had moments where, for example, I, I, they were in their room and I went in there to ask for help with my homework and he broke my nose with the remote and he was like, get the fuck out of my room and come back and clean the blood up off my carpet. And she, she could only just lay there. And I was so confused in the moment. I was like, where is, where is my mom? Like, where is my mom when I need her and kind of even going through that. And I'm working on this piece now it's called will be called the greatest love story but it's kind of at this age trying to put myself in the shoes of my mom through the lens of that 9 10 11 12 13 14 year old boy kind of asking yeah. where is my mom where is my mom yeah and healing like <laughs> reverse engineering the healing um yeah. that's taking place yeah i think it- going through that and kind of reparenting yourself and giving yourself the love and attention you needed at that, that time period in your life will be important in healing. Mm. Yeah. (laughs) That's intense. Like I cannot imagine. It's very intense, but you know, I think like you said, these experiences, these challenges that we face in life, if you figure out how to flip the coin on its head and take the experience for what it is and practice and actively engage in the act of rising above and seeking the source of self and letting self guide you through the experience on the other side, like, there's so much there. Yeah. There's so much there. there. There's so much there. And so, Jess, there are a couple questions or several questions actually that I prepared that I wanted to get into with you. And um, again, really for anybody listening that may feel stuck or feel like they're kind of cornered and are not really sure where to turn. And this goes beyond women and it's also i think important for us to recognize that abuse comes in all forms across sexes it it doesn't discriminate and 
just giving people insights, given that you've now been to the mountaintop or are on your way up the mountaintop to liberation. And looking back, it's like, what did you learn? What was that experience like? How do you see the light through this? And so my first question for you is, how do you define uh, define abuse? And again, even in the examples that we just shared, recognizing some of those kind of stark differences and just like how broad the spectrum of abuse is, I'm really curious to hear from your um, standpoint, you know, how would you define that? Or even like what were some of the, some of the things that you were coming up against when you were doing your research kind of fielding um, for insights on, on what is this experience that you were having? Yeah, I think my biggest lesson from my experience was that it's not black and white and it's not even, it doesn't even have to be super extreme, like, like the physical abuse. That's very obvious. It can be small things. Um, someone disrespecting your boundaries within a relationship and that, that relationship even is, is pretty broad. It can be a romantic relationship. Obviously it can be friendship, family, even workplace. Um, I think that really examining the way that people talk to you, um, the, the impacts that their actions have on you. Um, if it's not coming from a place of love, um, then it should be a conversation. Uh, I think for me, emotional abuse was very hard to, um, identify, especially when I was in it. Um, because it's not something that just happens. It doesn't start out that way. It's kind of like a slow burn. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, it started, my relationship started out with love bombing. And so that's why, you know, we felt like we were the same person that was mm -hmm. intentional. Um, really, I think the person tells you exactly what you want to hear, but then the small digs start and then that starts chipping away at your, your self-esteem. Um, and then gaslighting, all of those things. Um, I think that it's just important to um, really take a step back and examine uh, without the emotion emotions attached. Um, mm -hmm. Try to look at the situation from a different perspective to see. I, I think a good question is, is, if you saw your friend going through this, would it be acceptable? Mm -hmm. Those are really, really strong insights. I'm curious to know what that process was like in navigating identity, given some of what you've just shared, kind of going through that and coming back to self. Were there any specific challenges um, that you experienced navigating that? Yeah. Um, I think the biggest thing for me coming out of it was, um, tearing down old beliefs. Mm. Um, I think that it's so easy to get caught up in, um, the human experience of, of like checking all the boxes in our society. Mm -hmm. And, you know, for me, I, I was married. I had two kids. I had a career. We had a house. We had all the things, you know, all the mm. things that we're supposed to want. And when I came out on the other side, I had to really ask myself, like, are those my beliefs? Are mm. those even things that I wanted? 
Um, I, I think questioning everything that you believe um, is really going to help you get to the core of who you are and understand um, really what makes you tick. Mm. Did you um, ever feel like beliefs were being forced on you or did you ever feel like you were anchored in beliefs that were either being dismissed or challenged? I think in my my personal experience was uh, beliefs were kind of forced down on me through my ex-husband. Um, mm-hmm. He was very much about appearances, mm-hmm. very much, you know, wanted to make sure we were saying the right things, we had the right things, mm-hmm. we were doing the right things. And I, I didn't question it at, at the time. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's why it was important for me mm-hmm. to come and back to self. You also mentioned earlier this concept or idea around moving past shame. Mm-hmm. What does that look like? Or how do you define that in an experience like this? Um, so shame thrives back to Brene Brown. If, mm-hmm. if you're familiar, shame yes. thrives in silence. And mm-hmm. so for me, the biggest step to work through that was talking to one, the abuse hotline. That that was mm. the very, very first step for me. And then um, I, at the time, I had a coworker who we were kind of friends, um, but I just had this, this feeling that I needed to tell her for mm-hmm. some reason. And I did that which was completely out of character for me at the time. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it was, I, I mean, I'm looking back at it, it was intuition, but um, I talked to her and just shared what was going on in my life. And she, she was a mirror for me. She mm-hmm. was 16 years older than me. She had the same life experiences, mm-hmm. um, childhood, abusive relationship, all of it. Mm-hmm. Um, she was exactly what I needed at the time, but that was the first step in me opening up and sharing what I was going through, being vulnerable, and then realizing that I'm not alone. I'm not the only one who's gone through something like this, and mm. there's no reason to be ashamed of it. Mm. What role has community played? in this experience for you kind of i guess starting with yeah your coworker and from what it seems like or what i would suspect it that was kind of or may have been the catalyst for like okay like who are the people that i need around me to a either support these conversations or a to create the safe space to express and just to be in the feelings of whatever the the face of the feelings of whatever it is that you're feeling and knowing that there will be people there to hold you and to to move you up along the mountainside um while you either grieve the loss of the the experience or again move through some of those really challenging and and tough emotions mix of emotions that you could be experiencing at 
any given time? Yeah, I think um, community is incredibly important, especially in going through something traumatic. Um, one in you know making you feel less alone. It's mm-hmm. very easy to go through something like that and feel like no one's going to understand. People are going to judge you, whatever the thoughts may be. Um, so speaking your truth, being vulnerable mm-hmm. is it's beneficial to you in sharing your story and feeling less shame, but then it also opens up the door for others to be vulnerable and authentic with you. And then mm-hmm. with, from my experience, in doing that, I, I've met a lot of people that have gone through the same thing that previously we wouldn't have talked about that. Yeah. Yeah. So it's, it's, it's giving people space to be vulnerable and reciprocate. And so then the conversation grows and it's, yeah, it's just very beneficial. And what's your advice to somebody that like if somebody were like you or I were to go to someone with our stories that aren't emotionally equipped or that may not be emotionally equipped to, to handle that, how do you, what's your suggestion on like in the most respectful, positive way to respond to a story like that without feeling like you need to take that on? And I know for me, the simplest thing is like, you can, always just be an ear that's it at at sometimes people just it's just the need to talk to to share to let that go and to to not feel like you have to stir in those like you're you're trapped in cage by those feelings and thoughts and the emotions and so yeah for me the the first thing is just you literally listen and it's okay to say that you you don't understand or this is not an experience that you can see yourself in, but finding that space where you can empathize and have compassion um, for the other person in, in that moment in time. Yeah, I think to your point, just holding the space for that person, um, not feeling like you have to solve a problem. Like a lot of times people just want to be heard and understood. Um, and it can be uncomfortable, incredibly uncomfortable because no one wants to witness pain or take on some of that pain from someone's story. And so sitting with your own discomfort is important. Um, Mm -hmm. that just drives that human connection and it's going to, that, that helps build empathy as well. You know, if Mm -hmm. you can sit with it without problem solving and, and all of that. Thank you. Thank you. I really quickly want to switch gears and I kind of want to move to the other side. Like now we're at a point where there is light, there is joy, there is love, there is this freedom and fluidity in expression and in being. What have you learned or what do you think this experience was here to teach you? Yeah. Um, Oh, that's a a big one. So for me, um, coming back to self was integral in, in shaping who I am. Um, it was a lot of books, a lot of 
conversations, a lot of experiences um, that helped me kind of discover who I was. I mean, I, I came out of that as just a shell of a human being. I didn't mm. know who I was. So it was important to get back to that. Um, and then what from does there, that look like? And I, I mean, I'm even kind of thinking of like my mom, like mm. listening to this, like in this, what I can only imagine, what I can imagine feels like confusion or you're kind of in a dark room and it's like, oh my God, where's the light switch? Where yeah. is the light switch? And you're trying to find the light switch while trying to actively participate in society and be in front of all of your responsibilities. Like, mm -hmm. where do you even crack the darkness? Like, where do you start with cracking the darkness? And like, I know you shared a resource, the abusive hotline. Like I've sent that to my mom. Yeah. Several times now. And she's at times is kind of at this place where it's like, I just want to live. I just, mm -hmm. I just want this to be, oh, I, I just want to enjoy the rest of what's left. Like, I just want that behind me. Like, I don't want to rehash the wound. And sometimes I find it challenging and trying to explain where it's like, but this is how you do that. Like, it's not bypassing right. or suppressing. It's like you, the only way out is through you, right. you have to go through. And so this, this is like a part of the process, but again, I'm yeah curious to hear what, what, what is your experience or advice, um, from your point of yeah. view? Um, so for me, the, the biggest thing that I did to help myself even start going down the path of healing was educating myself on mm -hmm. what I went through. So that looked like therapy that looked like reading books. Um, the biggest book or the biggest, uh, influence on that for me was a book called healing from hidden abuse by mm -hmm. Shannon Thomas. Um, that helped me understand a lot of the behaviors, um, the, the victim mentality. Um, I, it was really hard for me to admit to myself that I was a victim. Um, and I, I feel like you can grow from that. You can, you can change your narrative, but I had to understand and accept that before I could grow. Mm. So, um, that, that book was life-changing. Um, I actually started reading that immediately after I filed for divorce so that I could start processing what the heck I just went through. Mm. Um, and state that again, the name of the book and I'll, um, drop that in the show notes. Um, so yeah. it's easy for anybody looking to access. Yep. So that one's called healing from hidden abuse by Shannon Thomas. Awesome. Yes. Um, yeah, from there, education was really important. Um, I think talking about your experience that that helps you heal from it as well as painful as it is i know for for me talking about it at first i could not get through even saying the word i'm getting divorced or the mm. sentence i'm getting divorced without tearing up mm. but the more i talked about my experience with my friends with my therapist 
the easier it became and the stronger I became. Um, Mm. I think it helped me um, change the narrative of my life, but also it released its definition around me. It no Mm. longer defined who I was. It it was an experience that I went through, but it's not who I am. I'm not a victim. Mm. I'm on the other side of that. Mm. I love that. And it's, yeah, claiming your presence, your Mm -hmm. power, and then being able to manifest this form and expression of self over Mm -hmm. time through deep inner work. Right. Yeah. So yeah, I I I'm I know I cut you halfway, but <laughs> if you'd be willing, interested to I guess kind of keep walking us up the mountain, like, you know, looking back, what was the big aha or and I guess another way maybe to frame it, it's like, what has this shown you kind of coming out, seeing the light? Have you found passion? Have you found purpose through that? Like, do you feel like this was like, this is exactly what I needed to be where I am today to be this influence, this force of light um yeah now on planet earth (laughs) yeah (laughs) yeah i i think it defined it did it didn't define who i was but it definitely um it influenced who i am i had to i feel like i had to go through that very hard situation to come out on the other side um to be the most authentic person I can be. Uh, I I was not living authentically before. I was very much um, concerned about what people thought. I couldn't get close to people. Um, There was a lot of shame around a lot of things in my life at the time. And so coming out on the other side, um, I had to break down a lot of those beliefs. I had to really question why I cared so much about what people thought of me. Um, and that was kind of like the beginning of living authentically for me. Um, the book, the subtle art of not giving a fuck Mm. changed my life. Um, (laughs) yeah, it sounds cliche, but it was exactly what I needed to start down my path. Um, I read that I, I started just really speaking from my heart with people. Um, Mm. I I wasn't worried about saying the wrong thing or doing the wrong thing if it came from a place, a a good place. Mm. Um, And then as a result, I started meeting more authentic people and I started doing things that um, like brought me joy. Like I started traveling, I started solo traveling. That was hugely empowering. Um, Mm. Just going out completely outside of your comfort zone. Um, and that brought so many new people into my life, new experiences. Um, yeah. (laughs) I love that. It's like a lift in vibration Mm -hmm. from the inside out and 
as you do that, your field expands and the more expansive you become, the more you attract and are able to bring into manifestation. Exactly. It's incredible. Incredible. And so where does someone begin, man or woman, um, in seeking help and again, kind of watching my mom and other family members like feeling like they were the cause or, you know, it's, it's my fault. Like we, we are now so deep in this that we can't speak up. There's so much fear in even telling anyone it's like this, what happens here, like happens, this is at home. And I even remember times when like we would be hit or like we're bruised and we have cuts and it's like, nope, you're not going to school today. Or if you go to school, here's the narrative. And it's like this, yeah, protecting, protecting, protecting. Uh Where do you start in, yeah, just getting help and I'll admit I don't have the answer and (laughs) I mean, I don't want to say this is where we got help, but it was like him kind of the sickness. It was like, that's what ended it. That was the end of it. Yeah, that's, that's a tough one. I don't think that there's a one right answer for anyone. Um, For me, that first step was reaching out on that online forum. Um, I don't even know what I was looking for with that. I was just, I guess, um, looking for some validation. Mm. Um, The abuse hotline, I've mentioned it multiple times, but it's a really, really good resource. Um, if If you even have an inkling of an idea that you're in an abusive situation, just mm. reaching out, they have, they have a telephone, they have chat, they have centers. I mean, just seeking information and validation or talking to a friend, a family member, a therapist, um, that can be the hardest thing is, is vocalizing what you're experiencing. Um, it's, there's a lot of shame and embarrassment around it. Um, but sometimes just taking that very first step of just speaking your truth to mm. someone, um, that sort of like puts you into the path of, um, making Power. some changes. Yeah. Yeah. So um, I, those are, I think just speaking, just talking about it is the biggest step that you can take. Um, because from there you can form a plan to get out, um, to seek help, all of that. And I would just add to that for individual, the individual individuals on the other end that may be receiving this, it's giving this, even though you may not understand it's okay and you don't need to understand, to be there. You don't need to necessarily take that on or have to put yourself in that person's shoe. Again, it's showing grace and listening and it's kind of seeing past the situation and recognizing the shared humanity Mm -hmm. that we have. And if you can 
connect and communicate from that place that goes such a long way in just empowering Mm -hmm. that individual to feel like they can continue moving on the path without it being crippling or without the anger or the shame or the fear or the the constant reshaping redrawing of the victim narrative where like the the woe was me well mm-hmm. my situation can't change this is it like wasted life yeah. kind of mentality yeah it is never too late to take that first step you're never too far in it to not come out of it that and this is actually my next question but it's yeah what's your message what's your overall message um recognizing that you're not alone um it can feel very lonely but so many people are going through have gone through this um so you can find the strength um take the first steps to seek help um the abuse hotline's free. It's confidential. They have so many resources. Um, they can help you come up with a plan to get out. Um, they have people to talk to. They have shelters, whatever you need. Um, and then also a big thing that I don't think I did in the time or in the moment, but celebrate your wins, like even mm. small wins, just acknowledging so your situation. It is because it's so it's so easy to see this huge road ahead of you that, mm-hmm. you know, all of these things that you have to do to get out. But if you're not taking the time to acknowledge your small wins, then it's going to feel just endless and it can feel hopeless. But I every also feel like step. it's a that's a moment to recognize self or a mm-hmm. glimmer somewhat of a glimmer of self and the, the more you do that it's like these small puzzle pieces and you can you're yeah. like oh there there i am yeah exactly <laughs> there i am thank you thank you so much and for anybody listening uh some of the resources that jess has shared um the abusive hotline i'll also ensure that that is in um the show notes as well Jess, one last question for you before we go to rapid fire. What's next for you? Life plans? What's in the stars? (laughs) Um, So I have been toying with the idea of starting a business to help women um, who are coming out on the other side of this. Uh, I feel like I spent years trying to figure it out on my own, trying to figure out the next right steps to come back to who I am. And so I would like to help help women, um, one, come together to not feel so alone, um, but to kind of help them with a roadmap for coming back to self. Um, it doesn't have to be this long, grueling road. I mean, it can be, you can find joy and happiness along the way. Um, And I think community is really important for that. Awesome. Thank you. Thank you so much. Um, Again, I appreciate the aid time that you took to be here with me, with our guest. And also thank you, Julian. Shout out. (laughs) 
Julian <laughs> for uh, facilitating this meeting. And here we are um, in this space, in this moment, uh, sharing our stories and where we are mirrored in our experiences <laughs> now being able to give back to a broader community, to people, to the health and well-being of people kind of awakening and coming back, finding um, themselves. So thank you so much. Yeah. And some fun questions now. Um, <laughs> rapid fire. And I usually tell people one sentence, but kind of change the rules, bend the rules. Um, <laughs> kind of interested in the details. So you're not tied to one sentence. You're happy to keep it there if you'd like, but um, welcome the details as well. So in one and or more more sent, uh, sentences, <laughs> can you please tell me how you would describe your style? Like clothing style? Clothing, like what is the what is the presentation that says, this is me, this is who I am, this is what I stand for. Like I'm here. Um, so authenticity. Um, mm. I think that comes out in style. Um, it's really not caring what other people think it's wearing what you're comfortable with. Um, a lot of times for me, that looks like athleisure wear other times it's, uh, outside of like the mom norms of crop top and jeans. So it's whatever I'm feeling in the moment. I love that. What is one thing or recent life event unfolding where you really had to pause and you're like, I'm fucking proud of that and proud of me? <laughs> like, oh, that has to come back to my kids. Um, mm. They recently started therapy and I am so proud of them. They, mm. they're, um, their authenticity and joy are coming out through their hard experiences. And there are so many moments where I'm just, I, I hear like a, a little just thought from them where it's just so raw and authentic. So beyond their years, um, mm. I'm just incredibly proud. <laughs> I don't personally know them, but I'm proud and I can tell that you're proud um, getting to watch you articulate and share that story. So thank you for also bringing that uh, to this group and this community. Uh, last question for you. What are you excited to learn, learn this year? Um, learn about yourself or what are you excited to kind of see like unfold in front of you? Um, definitely more connection, um, kind of back to that women's community group. I, I just want to connect with as many people as possible, help as many people as possible. That is where I find purpose and joy, mm. um, helping other people, um, celebrate their wins, um, come up with a plan, just live a joyous, authentic life. Mm. Like drop. <laughs> I love it. And I'm right. I'm right there with you. Uh, such a kick this year. This like, I know we were like, what is happening in this first month of the year? But hopefully we've gotten past that and 
we're now in the clear to really double down, double tie the shoelaces and charge ahead um, mm-hmm. with this understanding of mission that we have in front of us um, to help people, as many people as possible, find and reconnect with the light that we all possess on the inside. Yeah. Jess, where can people find you and how do they get in touch if they have any questions and or are you open, willing to to talk if somebody's looking to do that? Absolutely. Um, Instagram, it's Jess Chandra Shakrin, and I I will include or I'll send you yeah. a link to that because there's no <laughs> way anybody is going to be able to spell that. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. But yes, I would love to connect with as many people. Um, I love hearing stories. I love all of it. So awesome. <clears throat> awesome. Well, Jess, thank you so much again. Um, so much grace and excitement for you in this experience. And again, in our meeting, it like when it happened, I <laughs> I can't quite describe the feeling, but it kind of felt like okay checkpoint uh-huh. <laughs> now share yep <laughs> and yeah also grateful for that experience and all those feelings and the path of reflection that that took me down and even in preparing for this like me really getting to a place now where I feel empowered and comfortable to open up to mm-hmm. my partner my friends even to some degree, my mom, like, what was that experience like for me? And seeing that through and now getting to a place, it was like, oh, here you go. Now you you can relate. Yeah. And both of you go. And so, yeah, thank you. Thank you so much for your time and for being here. Thank you. Thanks for tuning in to the session. If you enjoyed, be sure to tell a friend or share this. See you next time.